can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of your favorite podcast from the Makerspace at Adventure. In this episode, we're attempting to answer a question that Yash from grade 7 asked. He asked, I wonder why and how touch-me-not plants close their leaflets whenever they are touched. That's an excellent question, Yash. Any living thing that responds to a stimulus suggests that it has a set of senses. These senses allow the plant or animal to respond to its environment and that helps it survive for longer. Something as simple as looking for food or defending itself from a prey all rely on a highly functional set of senses. There has been a long-standing debate in the scientific community about whether plants have the same set of senses like that of higher-order animals like ourselves. The good news is that recent research suggests that plants have an accurate set of senses but in a more rudimentary form. They can hear, they can taste, they can sense gravity, sense the presence of water, and even feel that an obstruction is in the way of their roots before coming in contact with it. Scientists collectively agree that plants don't have a brain, that's a fact. However, there is research in the field of plant neurobiology that talks about analogous structures in a plant which allow it to gather all types of sensory data from its environment. They then interpret it and also respond to it appropriately. This sounds like um, they can do a lot without having a brain at all. But the concept is not completely new because there are brainless creatures in the animal kingdom like slime moles that can figure out the shortest path to food and some jellyfish have also demonstrated sleep-like behavior at night. Another assumption is that we need a year or rather an year to be able to hear something but scientists have found that when the sounds of a caterpillar munching on leaf was played to a plant it reacted by secreting defensive chemicals even though it wasn't under attack. What remains a mystery, of course, is how are plants able to sense and react? They don't have nerve cells like humans, but they do have a system of sending electrical signals and even produce neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, and other chemicals similar to how the human brain communicates using the same chemicals. It's starting to seem like the line between plants and animals might be a little softer than we traditionally think. Especially if you consider the behavior of a truly unique plant like the Mimosa purica, or what's commonly known as the touch-me-not. Mimosas, in addition to touch, also droop as soon as the sun sets, when they're bumped, when water droplets fall on them, or when a slight breeze stirs their leaves. This plant is also called the sleep plant, action plant, touch-me-not, shame plant, zombie plant, or shy plant. It's a symmetrical plant, the leaves neatly laid out on either side of the stem. A member of the pea family, Mimosa pudica, is a small plant with tiny leaflets paired along the length of each stem and pretty lavender pink globular flowers. The leaves give it a fern-like look, although it is also armed with thorns to ward off attacks. Only a soft touch is required to bring on this collapse. After a while, you can also watch as the wilted appearing mimosa sets about writing itself and reopening its leaves. The rapid response to being touched is another defensive tactic. It startles most insects, as it does naive humans. 
Mimosa pudica and its curious actions were known to Western science even before 1753, when Linnaeus officially named the species. Many leading scientists of the day, including Robert Hooke and later the French naturalist Jean-Baptiste Lamarck, studied the plant. Lamarck was particularly struck by how mimosas eventually no longer respond to being repeatedly touched. He thought this was likely due to the plant running out of energy. But sometimes, they stopped responding long before they depleted their stores. Monica Gagliano, an ecologist, conducted an experiment to find out what makes the mimosas behave the way they do. For her experiment, Gagliano planted 72 mimosas, each about 3 inches tall, in small individual containers. She kept half of her plants in low-light conditions and the others in high-light conditions. To imitate the up-and-down movement of the carriage ride, she devised a controlled drop by attaching a sliding cup to a vertical steel rail. The plan was to place each plant inside the cup and then release the cup so that it slid 15 centimeters down the length of the rail to a foam cushion. The speed would be fast enough to scare her plants but wouldn't harm them. Each mimosa would get the drop treatment. On the morning of October the 3rd, 2011, Gagliano started her experiment. She dropped 16 of the plants, 8 from the low-light group and 8 from the high-light group, one at a time. Instantly, each plant folded its leaves, demonstrating that they considered the drop a threat. That was their instinctive response. But they apparently learned nothing from that first sudden, although harmless fall, because they responded exactly the same way later in the day when Gagliano dropped them again. Such a fleeting and limited experience offered no opportunities for evaluating whether the nuisance was or wasn't a threat to survival, Gagliano later wrote. So nothing to learn, nothing to remember. What would happen if mimosas experienced more drops? Gagliano administered the same test to 56 plants from both light groups. But this time she dropped each mimosa 60 times at either 5 or 10 second intervals, 7 times throughout the day. Remarkably, the initial four to six drops was all they needed to suss out the situation, Gagliano wrote. The plants had closed up their leaves during the first few drops, but quickly began reopening them as the trest progressed. By the end of the first training session, they didn't bother to close at all. Unsurprisingly, the plants kept in low light were the fastest to decide that the drop wasn't dangerous. They reopened their leaves more quickly and fully than did their highlight counterparts. Their need for more light and thus food apparently outweighed the potential harm for being dropped. Or perhaps all the plants were simply tired from the experiment and unable to keep their leaves closed. Talking about the touch-me-not, why don't other plants move? Think about it. Shouldn't some plants have evolved the ability to walk, run and fly? Why isn't there a big fast plant that can photosynthesize by day and stalk cattle by night? Most people who think of stupid questions are forced within a matter of minutes to forget about them. But we at the Makerspace can follow the questions to see everything they reveal, make a podcast and pass it off as work. We can report that plants don't develop animal-like skills because for one thing, they're full of cellulose. This is the hard stuff that surrounds the cells of the plants. Plants have cell walls, you may recall learning this in your bio class at school, and animals don't. The cellulose gives a plant rigidity, allowing a tree to stand tall, for example, rather than just puddling on the ground in a big blob. The trade-off is that the plants are pretty much immobilized. If you've got a lot of cellulose in you, 
you're basically stuck in one place because of the structural rigidity, says Ron Martin, a paleontologist at the University of Delaware. Another factor in plant immobility, they are autotrophic. They make their own food through photosynthesis. It would be a waste of time and energy to chase field mice or snag salmon out of a mountain stream. If you're autotrophic, you need to be mellow. You find your place in the sun and put down your roots. There are some freakish plants and animals that skirt the rules a little. The Venus flytrap snags animals but doesn't really eat them. The flies dissolve in those little cages. Corals are animals that, like plants, do not move. In fact, corals have plants in them, the photosynthetic algae that literally live in the tissues of the animal. The overall coral biomass is more plant than animal. One thing you might want to remember when you've forgotten the rest of this, plants did not come before animals. Animals appeared in the ocean about 540 million years ago. The first plants appeared on land about 400 million years ago. So it's not like animals are somehow an outgrowth or an evolutionary upgrade from plants. Biologically speaking, plants have a more modern way of living than animals. You'll probably notice this the next time you're walking around at school. Trees are hip. We've come to the end of the podcast and we hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, like always, remember to keep your three edges strong. Empathetic hearts, functioning heads and skillful hands. See you soon. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. Hey kids, thank you for listening to our podcast. Please share this podcast with all your friends and family. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any comments or questions, email them to us at makerspace at the rate Bye.